0: Joe
1: Paggs Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Paggs.
2: Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. You missed my interview with uh, General Michael Flynn. the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Carrie, is that mean to say to the people?
3: Huh? No, not really. No, not today.
2: The heck are you thinking? Mm-hmm. So, I, did did you did you take it all in? Did I you did. like what we did there? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, especially especially opposed to, to the entire gonna, thing. what's oh, you know, play that? that first
3: part again, like you did yesterday.
2: I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear what you said about that, how you were going to play. Part Let me ask you one. something. Do you <laughs> want to point out a mistake that I make? Really? Do you want to do that? No. <laughs> No. Is this the game you want to play with the host or not? I mean, no, just me me in Because if you want to have I that just, kind of relationship, let's do it.
3: I just wanted a little laugh,
2: but okay, I have bye. you read seven or eight stories right here, and don't mess up even a syllable.
3: <laughs> I know, I'm probably asking for it.
2: No, no, no. The people are going to be able to go watch the entire thing by going to Rumble. It is now live. I've made it live now. Go to rumble.com and uh, look up Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. It's the latest video that I posted, or you can go and get the Rumble app, Download it and just follow me. Joe Pags over there didn't cost you anything and you watch the entire thing. He he just goes through what happened to him in a way that I don't think you've heard before and he, he doesn't hold back. I mean, he's, he, he talks about the media and their coverage and he says it's BS, but he says the words and uh, we really get into, I think, I think they're the questions you want answered. Did you lie? Did you lie to Pence? Did you lie to the FBI? You know, why did they charge you? What happened here? Why did this happen? Did you promise this to the Russian guy? So yeah, go and check it out. Rumble.com on your computer and look up Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S, or download the app and get that done as well. Got another big interview uh, on in this hour. It's uh, going to be Ken Coleman. He's, uh, he's a guy who's written a book that I think you're going to like a lot. It, it's about how bad the educational system is and how we can fix it. It's not like a lost cause. And also, when you're at work, what should employers be doing better? What should employees be doing better? It's, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think you're going to like it a lot. It's the Joe Pags show Glad to have you along for the ride. Coming your way on a free speech Friday. Free speech Friday. Uh-huh. Freedom. Ah, freedom. freedom. Uh-huh. Say what? Bring it down. thats Carrie Lucky. How you doing, Chocolate <nounliteracy> boys? Fabulous. Free I would agree. Hello, making it happen, getting it done. Freedom. Sam is the rock my right hand what and here's a little a little dance you don't mind people loved it the other day when you used the head move come on there it is look out All right, uh, glad to have you here. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Whatever's on your mind is going to be fair game today. If I know something about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we'll move on. Uh, On Friday, you have more of that opportunity than usual. Sometimes people will call, Sam will tell you, she'll get 50 calls a day. People saying, I want to talk about global warming, uh, and we're not talking about it. So uh, on those days, I set the stage. On a Friday, you could probably get your thoughts in, whereas otherwise you couldn't. All right, so we've decided that the excise tax is is not gone from a gallon of gas. Biden wanted to do that. They put the story out that it was going to happen, but that it didn't end up happening. We have verified that, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I can't find a story that says Congress did that, just that President Biden wanted them to do that. And again, John Thune was saying that would be dead on arrival in Congress. Exactly
2: right. Now, we do know that this is real. They are, and by they, I mean people who are woke, social justice warriors, and those who are racist against white people, they are resegregating our society. You sent me a story today that that blew my mind, but then again, it didn't blow my mind because I know that it's happening, where you've got allegedly some POC, people of color, dorm or something, Mm -hmm. uh, or some sort of a housing or a residential area. I guess it's off campus, so it's not on the campus. I don't think it's on the campus. It's off campus, yeah. But literally- White people are not allowed. I mean, do I have yep. that right? K- Carrie well, Phyllis.
3: yes. Uh, from the Daily Mail, an off-campus co-op for students at the University of California, Berkeley named the person of color theme house has banned white guests from entering common areas of the house. A list of house rules revealed occupants were told many POC moved here to be able to avoid white violence and presence, so respect their decision of avoidance if you bring white guests. Uh, While the student house aims to have an inclusive environment, uh, the rules specifically state white guests are not allowed in common spaces, according to the list which was posted on Reddit. Uh, The accommodation, which is located close to Berkeley's campus, is a five-story, 30-room home that can house up to 56 students. Uh, The house is owned by a private landlord. But the rules, which were leaked on social media, have caused outrage, with many people slamming the restrictions as racist as others come forward and reveal their experience living in the co-op. One mixed-race Reddit user who claimed to have lived at the house said that their presence as a light-skinned person was not received well. They said house members called them slurs, and they were even not allowed to let my dad enter the house because he's white.
2: Okay, so let's break this down. Um, I'm going to remind you of a story. don't want you to look it up, but I think that you'll remember this story. It was in Farmer's Branch, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though they were saying, I think it was those who were illegally in the country can't stay in their apartments. Yes,
3: yeah, I do remember that I'm pretty sure.
2: And and if I recall, the judge in the case, because they were sued, said you can't discriminate that way. You can't say if somebody is from this part of the world or of this ethnicity or this background or whatever. You can't, even if it's a privately owned apartment complex. Like if I went and bought an apartment complex and it's got 10 apartments and I decide this is only for white people. Carrie, how would that go over?
3: Uh, Not very well at all.
2: But I'm a private owner. Why can't I do that?
3: But still, people are going to get very, very mad at you.
2: So why is this okay? Because it's not about white people? Well, it is, but the people of color are the, and again, people of color is such a stupid term. It's just anybody who's other than white is who they're talking about here. And, and frankly, it sounds like even if you are something other than white, if you still look white, mm-hmm. you're not welcome there. Mm-hmm. But um, they think they can do this because it's privately owned because they even said that in the story. Well, it's a privately owned housing. Man. Right. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. In this country, you can't do that. In fact, I'll give you a story from where I grew up, in the area where I grew up in Lantana, Florida. Um, actually, from what's called Lake Worth. But um, I went to school at St. Louis High School which is in Lantana, Florida, and very near the high school, there's um, a a road called Lawrence Road. Those of you in South Florida listening on WFTL might know what I'm talking about. Well, they built a development called the Homes of Lawrence. Now, there was also concept homes uh, at Lake Worth and Jog, I think, somewhere near there, um, where they had a bunch of House, they developed this this land that didn't have anything on it. The same builder built the homes of Lawrence. And you're like, what is he talking about? What, What does this matter? It's a good question. Somebody spray painted over homes of Lawrence and made it homes of Leroy. And we were like, why would they do that? That's very odd. Looking into it further, it turns out there were lawsuits because people who are going to concept homes, this was the allegation, and they happen to be black. They instead of being shown homes at concept homes were taken to the homes of Lawrence and shown homes there. They said they were being discriminated against and they were literally pushing one race of people to one development. That development was being done by a developer. This isn't a government project, so it's not a publicly subsidized or tax you know tax money paid um, development. This is somebody or some entity that was building the homes. But they say literally their realtors or brokers or or house builders were, were pushing black people to go to one place and leaving the white people to be in the other place. And that was deemed to be wrong and racial discrimination and illegal and not okay. So why is this okay? Are we really living in an America where we're allowing people, especially these young people, to resegregate? And not only resegregate, but when they do that, literally say... White people aren't allowed. We will harass you. We'll give you a hard time. We will remove you if you don't leave. How exactly does that make any sense after the 1964 um, Civil Rights Act? How does that make any sense whatsoever? You can't do that. That is not okay, especially if it's based on race, for God's sakes. And, And again, can we stop at the BIPOC? BIPOC is not a real thing. Saying BIPOC is just a road back to segregation that people of color, other than white, joined with whites to get rid of segregation. It's just like saying the word equity. It's not really equity. It should be socialism. Socialism is what equity is. Can we stop pretending that's something that is necessary in our society? So your thoughts, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. A, do you think it's lawful or legitimate to say you have to be other than white to come here, stay here, and be in the public areas? B, what is it going to take to stop this road? We're on a fast track back to segregation, racism, discrimination, and it's all somehow some means of revenge over what's happened in the past in this country 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com Stay right here.
3: This is the Joe Pags Show.
2: Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. We've got another big interview coming up. Ken Coleman at the bottom of the hour. He's got a a new book out from paycheck to... um Make sure that I get it right. Carrie, we should probably get these names of the books right. You should. If you don't mind. Yes. That would be good. Ken Coleman, he's you, got a book, buddy. Paycheck to Purpose, from Paycheck to Purpose. It's about being appreciated on the job, about uh, bosses doing a better job, <laughs> about employees doing a better job. It's also about our educational system and why it's not doing very well at all. Uh, You're going to want to see and hear this interview. Make sure you stop by joepags.com. Click on Watch Now to watch it, um, or you can just listen where you are on the radio. We appreciate it either way. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. Let me, in the meantime, tell you about Superbeats. You know, Superbeats' heart shoes, been telling you about them for a long time. They do a great job helping you build that nitric oxide up that's going to give you great blood flow and great circulation. Blood pressure support is right there as well. The makers of Superbeats came out with something called tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Superbeats are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and support your metabolic health. These gummies are made with a clinically studied tart cherry extract that's up to 40 times more concentrated than many other tart cherry extracts. Just two of these tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, have zero sugar, and they're delicious. Formulated by a team of scientists led by a Nobel Prize winning doctor, tart cherry has been clinically studied to support metabolic health, you're going to want to check these out right now. Try them after your workouts. I urge you to. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies, plus free shipping at mytartcherry.com PAGS. It's their best offer available anywhere, mytartcherry.com slash PAGS, up to 35% off of tart cherry gummies. Again, mytartcherry.com slash PAGS. Make that happen and make it happen right now. Let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you stopping by. Daniel, talk
0: to me. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, the reverse discrimination is just another form of racism. The only way to, you know, do things right and, um, and get rid of racism is to be colorblind in practice. And so when you practice anything other than colorblindness, you just further racism.
2: I couldn't agree more. I, 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 although I don't call it reverse discrimination and I don't call it reverse racism. Racism is racism is racism. Discrimination is discrimination is discrimination. Bigotry is bigotry is bigotry. So uh, let's just use the term directly. This is racist, period. This is illegal in this country. This is the antithesis of what Martin Luther King Jr. died for. It goes against why he died. The man's in the ground because he dared stand up and say we want equal opportunity. He dared stand up and say we want the promises that were made in the Constitution for all people. And instead, you've got people saying, if you're white, you can't be here. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's actually uh, it's a bit scary to think of what our future looks like if we, if we accept this as the norm. And it can't be. Uh, Michael, Pennsylvania, talk to me. Hi. Uh,
0: yes, Mr. Pag, I hope people don't take offense to it, but they have basically put, and maybe it'll wake them up, a sign that says colors only on it like they had in the 50s for water fountains and for diners and things where it was whites only or it was a colors only water fountain colors only school they're actually going back to what everyone has tried so hard to get away from they now want do they really want a sign out front of the house that says colors only i mean their their own parents grandparents great grandparents would be mortified there's nothing more reprehensible than the idea of judging someone based on the color of their skin is reprehensible. <laughs> yes. Either direction, no matter how you look at it.
2: No, well, Michael, I, I agree with you. Uh, and he's referring to the signs on the water fountains, on the restaurants, on the hotels that would say whites only or coloreds only. Now, colored is, um, is certainly something that's seen as an insult. But keep in mind, the NAACP means the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. So he's right. That they're going back to the 1950s and 60s before desegregation before the 1964 Civil Rights Act that said no you can't do this anymore this isn't okay they're going back to that on purpose and the left who pushed this back in the day they're the same people these people identify with all of those people that are calling themselves of color who are kicking whites out of their own little circle or out of their own little communities they're of the same party and the same beliefs as those radicals that did jim crow that did segregation that did lynchings that did uh, that did slavery it's the same party it's the same people but this time they've got minions and and uh, the indoctrinated bunch all doing it on purpose they're like sure we'll we'll segregate absolutely keep the whites out it's it's nuts it says people have died. 600,000 people died in the Civil War to try to bring an end to this crap. And they're bringing it back without one shot being fired. It's crazy. Let me go back out. Let me say hello and welcome to uh, Albert in San Antonio. Hi, Albert. What's going on?
0: Good, good evening, Mr. Peg. I I, uh, I had to call. I just don't understand this world anymore. I served with the State Department in Vietnam and Cambodia. Thank you. Honorable tour of duty. What, why are we avoiding the truth? It was white people that made this country great. Yes, there was genocide involved. Where hasn't it been? China, Russia. But white people made this country great. They called it the Protestant work ethic. If you're an able-bodied man and you don't work, no problem. You don't eat. There were no food stamps. There was no unemployment. And I look around now, and every 30 seconds on TV, they're shoving the black culture down my throat. I am not black. I am a Chicano from San Antonio, Texas. I have suffered for this country. And Joe, I don't understand. What? The, why are we avoiding the truth? Look at the statistics. We're supporting a young man in San Antonio running for a House of Representative seat in, in Texas. John Arredondo. And I look around. Joe, why are you and Glenn and Sean the only ones telling the truth? Why?
2: Because everybody else wants to feel like they belong. Albert, thank you for your service to the country. And let me say a few things. I see Albert as my as my brother in this human experience. I also see all black people, Asians, and American Indians as my brothers and sisters in this human experience. Until I'm treated like crap, and then individually I'll decide if I want to be around you. Um, what Albert's saying is verifiably true although I don't call it black culture, just like I don't call him Chicano culture. I don't call myself Italian culture. Um, But we are seeing things that are infiltrating from certain segments of society, trying to normalize them as what our society is all about. I think that those things that come out of the black community, the Hispanic community, the Italian community, the English community, the Native American community, whatever, I think they all make us great as Americans. So trying to divide us by culture bothers me too. Um, trying to divide us by skin tone bothers me by ancestry bothers me. And we shouldn't be doing that. We really shouldn't. And it's getting a little bit old to be honest with you. Uh, Albert, I appreciate the call. 888-941-PAGS, JoePAGS.com. Let me tell you about the, tell you about the best-selling Eden pure Thunderstorm air purifier uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. People all over the nation are raving over how well the thunderstorm freshens their homes. Musty mildewy smells just vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. They've sold over 265,000 of these. You know they work. Any odor is going to disappear when you use the thunderstorm. Odors like litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. And best of all, no filters to buy either. Uh, the fraction of the cost uh, compared to these $600 air purifiers, you're going to save so much money by getting this three-pack for under $200. You can put it anywhere, the bedroom, family room, kitchen, anywhere you need clean, fresh air. Special offer is because you listen to my program, you're going to get three units for under $200. It doesn't take up any floor space either. Plug it right into the socket in the wall. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code PAGS3 to save $200 right now. EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code PAGS, the number three. Shipping is also free. EdenPureDeals.com. Use PAGS3. You're going to be very happy that you did. When we come back, a great interview with, uh, with Ken Coleman. He's got a book out. And it's going to make a lot of sense to you because we're getting ourselves into a system through our education, through employing people, through being an employee, through just our, our standing in society where we're not feeling like we're achieving when we were all meant to achieve. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Go to the website, pick your favorite social media, go and follow there, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact to send me an email. Coming right back. Keep it on the Joe Pags Show. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this guy on. He's an author. He's also a talk show host. He's a great guy. Just got to know him a little bit here. Ken Coleman. Ken, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, I'm living the dream. Good to be with you. You are living the dream. That's exactly what I say when somebody asks. Uh, The name of the book is Paycheck, From Paycheck to Purpose. And I love this because it seems as though we're kindred spirits. We're just meeting. um, but, But from what I've seen from just the book Notes, uh, you're looking to get people excited about working again, excited about a career again, excited about enjoying life and and not being held down, it, it, as it were, from a society that seems to have forgotten what work is all about and what achieving is all about. Hey, do I have the overview pretty
1: pretty good there? You've nailed it. I simply believe that we were created to contribute. And there are two areas where we are created to contribute. Relationally, first and foremost, because we are humans and and we have relational roles uh, based on our life and, and, and our circumstances. And then there is the professional purpose, yeah. the contribution to make through the world of work. You know, we have a society that has reduced work to nothing more than a paycheck. That it's all about provision. And I would suggest that it, yes, it is about provision, but it's also about contribution. And, uh, and when you see work that way, um, it, it gives you some 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 individualism that you need to be that unique you that you were created to be. And that's when the world is is working at its finest, when we all realize our unique and individual abilities and our unique opportunities to contribute to make this world a better place. And, and that is uh, the spirit of America. I mean, that really is the spirit of our great country. And it's under assault uh, from so many different angles today.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to ask you in a second if that's nature or nurture. Um, it's, it's Ken Coleman. Go to kencoleman.com. Name of the book is from, uh, from paycheck to purpose. Like I, I was born, like I, I came out wanting to go to work and wanted to achieve. And our mutual friend Kurt knows that I'm a guy who just, I, I've got a drive that is annoying. Uh, to be honest, uh, to people around me. Um, so I've never really needed anybody to put their foot you know, on, on my backside to tell me to go and do it. Um, there are other people, however, that aren't like me, maybe not like you, who aren't quite as driven. Can you learn that?
1: You certainly can, and so let's look at that. I think we all come into this world hardwired to contribute. We, okay, We long for progress. We long to make a difference, That this is the human spirit. However, um, the good and the bad can be nurtured so we could come into that world into our world hardwired to uh be ourselves and pursue progress this is the human spirit but if we are in an environment in our home in our community where where that's not encouraged and in fact all we see are people who are discouraged yes. because they aren't pursuing their individual contribution they aren't uniquely trying to be successful and be a positive contributing member of society Then what happens is we begin to see, well, wait a second. Um, All I ever think of when I hear work is the man's got me down. There's no opportunity. The society has been stacked against me. And so the bad view of the world at work can be nurtured as well. And I will tell you, I think there are people on the right uh, and on the left who see work as nothing more than this thing that they have to do. They don't believe that you can do work you love and be loved in doing it. They don't believe that because they've never seen it. They've never heard it talked about that way.
2: It's very well said. Uh, Ken, I, I believe that you're right. Um, if we're truly all born a clean slate, it depends on what's written on that slate that gets us to, to where we're going. Or even if you want to look at it as a plate, which stacked on the plate could be negative, could be positive. And a lot of people are getting positive. A lot of people are also getting in school, um, they're, they're getting, uh, you don't have to achieve. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll pass you anyway. Or when I was in school in 94, because I was in advanced classes, was an A. I had to work really hard to get a 94. Now, if you get anything above a 50, if you write your name on the paper, you get a fifty. Um, it's almost as though we're we're teaching, we're educating our children through this um, this system of you showed up and wrote your name. We're going to get you to the next step, so you feel better about yourself, even though you didn't do anything to get it. That, that really, I mean, we're 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 de-emphasizing do the work to get the result, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's actually much deeper than that. It's much more insidious. I don't think we're educating our children at all. I think we're advancing our children through a political system. I've talked to teachers over and over about this, and they've told me privately on Zoom calls, groups, and individuals that the school system, public school system, is now all about the standardized test. You talk to parents, and I do, their kids are stressed out, unbelievably full of anxiety over a standardized test that some bureaucrats and fat cats have teamed up to force on our kids. And as a result, the teachers are teaching for the standardized test. They're not teaching the subject. As a result, we aren't teaching kids about who they uniquely are and teaching curiosity. In fact, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the opposite is true. What's happening, Joe, in today's world is we are beating the curiosity out of our kids through the public education system, and we are creating test takers, not pathfinders. That's all they learn is how to Answer a question, not how to ask a question. They are. It is about memorization and regurgitation, not imagination and inspiration. That's a fact. And 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 it's and it's we're seeing uh, over 52 to 53 percent of teachers are expected to resign in the next year. That's from the NEA wow. themselves, the teachers union. We're seeing principals leave at a record rate. Um, and why? Because the system itself is burning up the very men and women who feel called to instruct and guide our most precious resource in this country, and that is our children. I'm telling you, this is a four-alarm fire, and I'm not talking about the political stuff and the the race theory stuff. I'm talking about just in preparing our kids for the future, we are pushing out kids like they are on a conveyor belt, and they are becoming wanderers instead of being the wanderers that they were created to be.
2: Ken Coleman.com. Go to that website. Give this book from paycheck to purpose. Uh, very well said. And I'll also tie that to to their work life. When they get out of school, if they're not prepared in school, they're only prepared to take a test and maybe circle the right, you know, ABC or D. Uh, when they get out there, not, they're not prepared. They're completely unprepared. They don't want to go to a job and the boss says, achieve this, do this task. Uh, your, your compensation is, is tied to that and they lose that job or they don't do it right so the boss doesn't like them. Um, this is actually a product of what they did or didn't learn in school. So how do we turn it around? We can't throw the, the standardized test away. I'm mid-50s. I took standardized tests, but I also learned a lot. And I wanted to learn even more. How do we turn it around? We have to gauge where they are as far as the education they're getting. Are they, are they keeping any of it? Are they sponges? Uh, but I don't want it to be as sterile as fill in the bubble and get a good grade and go home.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I respectfully disagree. I don't think we need the standardized tests at all uh, because the standardized test system is over a $2 billion industry, Joe, and they aren't actually having teachers write these tests. This is big business based on lobbyists who got to the bureaucrats under George W., and it became No Child Left Behind, and then Obama re-upped. I will tell you that the answer to measuring our kids' learning is actually the grades themselves. What happened to the value of the report card? What happened to uh, the teacher being able to measure, is the child engaging in the classroom? Meaning, are they listening? Are they giving good effort? Do they have a good attitude towards learning? You know what wins in the workplace, Joe? You know what works in the win in the in the, in the in the work wins in the workplace rather. It's when we have a desire to be involved. We are engaged. We are asking questions. We are giving good effort. That's what wins when we get out of school. Yeah. Why aren't we focusing on that in school? I would suggest to you that if we want to teach the core classes, that's fine. Uh, But the grade book works. We don't need standardized tests to know if the kid's learning. Teachers know how to teach, and they know how to assess tests. I've talked to teachers on this. So this isn't just me spouting off as a father of three uh, high schoolers. I'm saying that what we ought to be teaching is curiosity. The University of Michigan did a study that is so profoundly sad, it drives me nuts. And we know as parents and grandparents that kids from the age of two to four or five are asking hundreds of questions a day. But the University of Michigan did a study that found that by the time the average American student reaches the eighth grade, Joe, they are only asking two to three questions a day. Wow. We need to be teaching curiosity, how to ask questions, how to process and try and test. This is entrepreneurial. This leads to great leadership and management skills and relationship skills. Uh, Look, we've got to teach kids, hey, you have talent those are clues. God gave you talents to use as premium power tools. What lights your heart up? What results motivate you? We ought to be teaching self-discovery would be the greatest thing I would add into our American school system today is teaching self-discovery, help them find their uniqueness because it is in our uniqueness where we find our greatness.
2: From uh, paycheck to purpose is the name of the book. It's Ken Coleman. Go to kencoleman.com. I don't think we're disagreeing as much as you think. I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can be cu- you can be curious. The teacher can teach how he or she wants, and and the children can learn. And then, hey, look what I learned by taking a test. Maybe the, the term standardized is the problem, and maybe yeah, tie- and, and maybe tying you know financial headcounts you know from the federal government to how many people get this that or the other grade is a problem. I think we agree yeah. there. Um, yeah. I I always enjoy taking a test. I don't mean the standardized test for three hours but i enjoyed taking a test because i wanted to do really well on it and i wanted to to do really well because my teachers were good enough to to put inside of me that if you achieve it feels good so let's let's tie that to work when you go to work you want the boss to see how good you are at it and you want to do really well because your compensation is usually paid is usually tied to that um we're in a situation now where it appears as though employers aren't patting on the back enough and employees aren't striving to to achieve. How did we get here, and how do we break that cycle?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. So your audience is very familiar with what's what's been going on. Over the last 12 months, we've averaged over 4-plus million people are resigning their jobs to take another job. Economists, and now the media has picked up on it, we call it the great resignation. But if you look at the underpinnings of what's going on, this was really boiling up prior to the pandemic. But when the pandemic hit and people were forced into change like they'd never had to accept change before everybody went home for a season longer in certain parts of the country than others. But people began to assess, wait a second, what really matters to me? And what really matters to people are three basic things. Number one, we want to enjoy our work in the form of finding meaning and purpose in it. Number two, we want to be recognized for our unique contribution. And then number three, we want a relationship with our leader. And when leaders aren't meeting those three primary needs, people begin to look, and then we saw them leave in droves, and I don't see this resignation rush slowing down anytime soon, and here's why. A new McKinsey study came out just two weeks ago that said, now people want more than anything else in their work. They wanna see a path to growth and development. In other words, they want to be developed, they wanna be trained, they wanna be promoted, because they want to have a better life, not a better job. And the paycheck and the benefits and pizza on Fridays is ringing hollow because people want to have purpose in their work. They're searching for it. They don't even know how to say it, but that's what's going on. And that's where the great divide is. In fact, we have a tremendous leadership crisis in this country because leaders don't realize that the number one thing they ought to be doing is learning how to love the people that they lead. Forget about all the leadership books and conferences for a moment. I just love people that 's what creates loyalty, greater engagement, and greater retention
2: so it can be the right field, Ken It can be the right compensation, but if you don't feel good about what you're doing and if you don 't feel appreciated you're going to move on
1: you're gone I mean this is classic i mean this is this is anything new, and i don 't know where the great leadership you know uh brain fart happened where they don 't realize this i i, I don 't understand because every one of these leaders at one point had been led, and we all long to find meaning in our lives and our work. We all long to get that pat on the back to say, Joe, you're doing an incredible job, man. The way you do your show, the way you you know, talk to guests, the way you take the complex and, and simplify it, I mean, everybody wants to hear that. And then we want a relationship. We want that coach relationship with our leader. And, and when our soul is not fed in relationship life and in our professional life, we will search for something else. Same yeah. is true with a marriage that's broken or parenting and child relationships. We can't forget that there is these people have souls and they long to be alive in every aspect of their life.
2: It is Ken Coleman. Go to Coleman.com, Go there right now and go check out his book. It's called From, uh, From Paycheck. To purpose, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It does. There are a lot of people out there who, who think they're in the right field. They like the field that they're in. They're not getting the appreciation. But at the same time, you know, bosses, I think, are probably overworked a, a, a lot of the time, and they're not getting back from the employees what they expect to get back. And we're living in a day and age where you can't just get rid of somebody who's not very good at it because then you're going to be a something-a-phobe or you're, you're somehow uh, you're not following some guideline that says you have to leave people uh, employed, or a lawsuit might be popping up. But I've heard the term quiet quitting. What is quiet quitting? What does that mean?
1: This drives me nuts, Joe. This is a new TikTok term, and you got a lot of young people on TikTok. And the the idea is is that I'm no longer going to go above and beyond. I'm not going to hustle. I'm only going to do the bare minimum of what is expected of me because my leader, my company, they don't value me. I'm not going to work any extra hours. I'm not going to answer an email at night. I'm not going to allow myself to get burned out because the man doesn't value me. So there are some tones into this that are absolutely right. And it's this leadership issue that I just mentioned moments ago. But this nonsense of calling it quiet, quitting like it's a new trend, it just doesn't add up. I I look at the data every year and Gallup for at least the last 10 years has come out with a study on work. And every year it's about 68 to 70% of Americans are what they call disengaged. And that does not mean that they hate their job. It means, simply put, they're just doing the bare minimum to kind of just stay status quo and average. Well, this idea is being celebrated on TikTok, Joe, and there's some sinister underpinnings of this. And I would tell you, I believe, simply put, it is socialism creep. Because the socialistic socialistic ideas that have been forwarded in this country, and we're seeing this junk creep up in our politics and our national discussion, and young people who've only seen their grandparents and their parents gripe about work, that environment we talked about early it's been nurtured into them that work is just this awful thing that I got to do, make the best of it if you get a good job. boy, you are lucky, hold on to it for dear life and and I think this 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 leadership crisis we have, and then people not feeling valued is turning into this quiet quitting idea to say, I deserve better and until I get better, I'm just gonna be average. And boy, let me tell you something, socialists love this. Oh yeah. They will jump on this Joe and say, hey, you're right. You shouldn't have to work hard at all. Let us come in and take care of your basic needs and you just go live your life. And that's the thing that concerns me. It's a cute little way of saying the same thing that there are a lot of people, Joe, who just believe that average is okay, and they have resigned themselves to a life of average. It's a dangerous, slippery slope. Hopefully they'll get your book,
2: uh, From Paycheck to Purpose, and they'll they'll break out of that. I know that you've got great uh, life tips in there. You've got reasons for why we feel the way we feel. And, Ken, I hope that everybody uh, goes and buys this. Let's sell a couple of million books. It's Ken Coleman. Go to KenColeman.com. Get his book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Ken, come back again. I really enjoyed this.
1: Anytime, Joe. You're a great American. Thank you for what you do.
2: All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe
0: Pags.
2: Appreciate you hanging out. As promised, the General Flynn interview in its entirety and uncensored, by the way, is up on Rumble. Go to rumble.com and go look up Joe Pags, or download the app. Let's do some pop culture. Pop. Go, All right, Polo, talk to me. Did
0: you see that uh, Alec Baldwin uh, talked to CNN.
2: I did see that, and it sounded ridiculous what I heard he said.
0: Yeah, so he was claiming that he was afraid that Trump supporters were going to kill him after the Rust shooting. What, what does that have to do with politics? Uh, he's basically, I guess, claiming that since Trump incited January 6th, that the, he would get the mob to murder him as well.
2: So Alec Baldwin's angle is he's going to be the victim now? Yes. Come on, bro. Hi, Paul. I appreciate you, man. Have a good weekend. Sam, thank you, honey. Appreciate you. Thank you uh, to Carrie as well. Gotta go. Have a great weekend. Bye. This
0: is the Joe Pegg Show.